Thank you so much for tuning in to our church podcast. You can go to atarapentecost.com for questions about services and how to donate. We pray that you are blessed by this message today. God bless. They're trying to raise, I don't know, they're trying to reach a million children this year. You think that's a great effort? A worthy endeavor? And they're, I think they're trying to raise, I don't know, $3 million or somewhere in that area. But what we would like to do is they sent us a, uh, these little pledge cards. And uh, on the back of it, it asks you to pray, okay, for children. And uh, it asks you for a contribution. And, but you don't get to pick, well, you do get to pick how much you're going to contribute. And each one of these little card things has a number on the reverse side, which is uh, the, the amount that you are going to make an effort to give for the Easter offering and save our children. And it's anywhere from $1, I think the maximum is $99. Okay, so I've, already, I've got the 51 all right, so you can't have that one. So, Devin, go ahead, let him pick. Okay, let him pick. And uh, then if you want to if you want to show your number, you you're more than welcome to. You'd like I'm wondering if anybody gets the $1 one. Brother Jeff, what'd you get? There you go. How much? Whoa. This is just our little effort to try to try to reach one million kids. I don't know. We're gonna find. We'll we'll find out. And whatever we give on an annual basis, we try to increase it by at least a hundred dollars. So whatever we gave last year, we'll find that number out and then kind of go from there. All right, while, uh, while Devin is continuing to pass those out, Brother Cliff, uh, do you have that photo that did come through? Okay, show the one. Uh, yeah, that one first. Okay, there you go. Okay, if you remember, okay, remember a couple of Sundays ago, uh, I spoke on the future of the cross. And then... Um, I, uh, I just made reference to the idea that the yoke and the cross are two symbols in the Bible that the Lord uses to 
you know, to teach on. And so uh, tonight we're going to talk a little bit about the yoke. And uh, of course, now, do you know, do we have any uh, used to be farmers or ranchers, that, anything like that? All right, well, this is great. But you ever heard, or I'm sure we've all seen, where two oxen are yoked together and they're plowing a field or they're doing something, right? How would you like to be, uh, if you were that oxen, how would you like to be connected to a donkey? <laughs> or, or if you were a donkey. Now, there's another one up there, Brother Cliff, if you would. Uh, oh, it didn't come through? The other one didn't come through? Okay. That's all right. Okay, did everybody get a card? Okay. If you uh, if you want to just if you want to just raise your hand and tell us what your card says on the back of it, you're more than welcome. Cooper, did you get a card? What does it say? How much? Whoa! <laughs> oh, Danica, what'd you get? Eight dollars? Who get Ryan? You got what? You did not. Oh, my word. Oh. All right. Oh, there it is. There's a, a camel and an ox. I think that guy's going to have problems. Amen. But, uh, Brother Cliff, if you would, uh, the scripture that we're going to talk about tonight is in Matthew, the 11th chapter. And verses 28 through 30, and uh, says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now, this is a, uh, this is a very, in fact, we, how many of you know that scripture? It's one of your, probably one of the top ones that you know right off. And uh, a lot of times it, you know, it, uh, it comes up in conversations. But in 2 Corinthians 6.14, I just wanted to bring this scripture up to kind of, uh, Get started here. It says, do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. So I put that photo up there of the donkey and the ox just to kind of get your attention and to get you started in the right direction. Now, that donkey has a mind of its own, and that ox has got a mind of its own. And I'm not sure which one thinks that they're the leader there. And so it's going to create some problems. And uh, in, the, uh, in the Old Testament world, in Bible times really, farmers used those animals. And uh, they were used for plowing fields, for pulling carts, for hauling uh, heavy loads. And when they were... They were yoked together by this wooden yoke. It's kind of, uh, kind of like the old stocks. You ever went into 
one of those fun wooden stalks and took your photo. But the idea was that uh, they would yoke a more mature ox together with a younger animal, and the younger animal could then learn from the older. The older was more stable and experienced and knew how to pull, how to plow, and it also knew when to turn when it got to the end of the field and it was ready to make the reverse and come back. That older animal knew, and so it would turn and it would pull and it would guide that younger animal. It was learning. The elder ox knew when to turn and was also less frightened. And when we spoke on the future of the cross, you know, in today's world, boy, when you when you talk about the cross, people, you know, it's they, they like to wear them for ornaments to identify them as being a Christian. But the Bible never talks about wearing a cross. It talks about carrying a cross. And the Bible never talks about carrying the cross of Christ. It talks about carrying your cross. But here with the yoke, the Bible is speaking and the Lord is saying, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. So it is talking about him always leading and directing and us being alongside of him. And we're going to get into that a little bit. But the just as a reminder, the cross according to Jesus is something that we have to carry. Mark, the 8th chapter, verse 34, he writes, for whosoever will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. And to my knowledge, the Scripture never tells us to pick up the cross of the Lord and carry it, because you know why? It's an impossibility. But you and I do have, if we're going to follow the Lord, we're going to have to learn as Christians, that it is going to be a lifestyle of discipleship, which means that a lot of cases it's going to be self-denial. Our prayer, Lord, your will be done, not my will. And so the cross is a symbol of sacrifice and the yoke is a symbol of labor. The cross is to die for Christ. The yoke is to live for him. And you know, I've heard it said before that people, some people are more willing to die for their Christian faith than to live in today's world. But that's not what we are supposed to be doing while we are alive. I don't, I don't know about it. The old saying goes, I want to go to heaven, but I don't want to go right now. 
don't want to rush it. So the yoke is to live for Christ. Martin Luther wrote this. He said, a religion that gives nothing and costs nothing and suffers nothing is worth nothing. And everything that we do when it comes to our relationship with God, it, it, it must be, if it's any, if it is anything less than out of love, then we're missing, I believe, the whole concept of living for God. Everything that I do for Him, everything that I do in my life for God, it's got to be based on my love for Him. If I don't base it on love, it becomes a burden. It becomes a something that we feel like that we have to do. No, everything that we do should be based on, I want to do it for God. Because He's worthy of me doing that for Him. And because He's done so much for me, I want to do that, but I don't want to do it out of a, you know, out of a push nature. I want to do it out of a, out of a love. And I'm always when when we talk about a life of sacrifice, I'm always reminded of John the twenty-first chapter, and after Peter has failed and he's met the Lord after he re his resurrection. They have a meeting, and the Lord asked Peter, Peter, do you love me? Yeah, I love you, Lord. Feed my sheep. Lord, Peter, do you love me? Three times we know it. And then after that, the Lord tells Peter, he tells him that he his life was not going to end the way that Peter necessarily wanted it to end. Okay, that's the cross. And then Peter, once he, he reveals that to Peter, he then tells Peter, he just simply says this, Peter, follow me. That's your mission. Your mission in life is to follow me. No matter what the end result is as far as your life, if you follow me, then everything is going to turn out good. And then Peter turns around and he says, Well, what a, you know, what about Brother Long? That's Brother John, right? He's looking at John and he says, Well, Lord, what about John? And when we when we realize that when the Lord says you need to pick up your cross, okay, you own your cross. You own it. And Peter says, well, what about John? And the Lord says, follow me. Peter, he says, it's none of your business concerning John's life. What is it to you if I will John to continue to live until I come again? That's what he said. And he said, Peter, do you love me? Do you, if you love me, then follow me. And at the time Jesus is teaching on the yoke, 
the Jewish people, they used the word yoke for entering into submission to. And a student was often referred to as being under the yoke of his teacher. So to take Jesus' yoke upon you would mean to begin a lifetime of learning from him, growing with him in a side-by-side relationship of discipleship. Now, can you imagine being connected? Now, this is the picture that he's trying to draw. He says, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. The yoke is meant for discipleship. The yoke is meant for a learning process. The yoke is meant to, when you're, when those two animals are yoked together, there's not a lot of room, right, for movement in right or left. I mean, if one animal decides that he's going to go to the left, he ain't going to get very far unless this one here decides to go that way. And when, when we are yoked together with him, he says, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. In other words, we are, if you can imagine, okay, we are yoked together. The Lord, he's the teacher. I'm the student. He leads, I follow. If we go that direction, it's easy. But it's when we try to make a left-hand turn and the leader is trying to keep us on the straight and narrow, that's where our will and his will because we try to make a left-hand turn. He said, no, no, wait, you don't. No, this is the way. Trust me. I've been there. And that's where we sometimes we, we, don't, we don't understand because we, you got to realize when you, in this particular situation and that, that picture that we get, we need to realize that the Lord has been through life from birth to death, he has experienced everything in life just as you and I do, and he has went straight through it with no turns and distractions as far as giving in to temptations and sin. So when we are yoked together with him, we, the challenge that we have, right, is that my will wants to make a left-hand turn, and he's he going straight, or he going this way, and we're trying to go this way, and it just doesn't work real well. And uh, So, 
when he says, come unto me, what he's, Matthew 9, 36, what he, if you read 9, 36, it says, when Jesus saw the multitude around him, he was moved with compassion. It says, in different translations, he felt sorry for them because they were confused, they were troubled, they were helpless. So, in this setting of Scripture, he says, Come unto me, all that are heavy, laden, troubled. He says, Here's my yoke. Become a part of me, and you'll find that life is a lot easier when I am leading the direction that I want you to go. So, and he, and he says, and I will give you rest. Rest here means to make fresh again or to provide new vigor and energy. I was going to put a phrase out there that is old school, but somebody might get offended by that. Or wait, maybe I will. Did your grandparents ever tell you when you, you were running around or too active? Grant's plugging his ear. He's just full of pee and vinegar. You ever heard that? Yeah, used to say it all the time. But, but the Lord said, these people were weary. They were exhausted. They were troubled. In fact, he said, it reminded him of sheep without a shepherd. And he said, but he's calling them into him, and he's saying, here is my yoke. I'm willing to share life with you, and if you will follow my lead, you'll find that life is easy. It's less trouble. You ever found that to be true? Yeah. Yeah. But then, but the most important part of this is this, and learn of me. So, if you can imagine being yoked together, okay, you have a very close proximity to learn of the master. That's what this yoke is about. It's, he says, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. Find out who I am. Walk with me. Plow the field with me. Get close to me. And you're going to find that I am lowly and meek. That simply means that he's kind-hearted, and he is really, he's taking the load. He's pulling the load. He's carrying the heavy part of it, and he's just inviting you and me to come alongside him and follow him and learn of that closeness. 
that yoke, that bond, that way of, I don't know about you, but I would love, okay, how many of you would have liked to have been Peter, James, and John and spend a day with the Lord? Amen. He takes the lead. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. He's inviting us to use his strength. The writer says, when I'm weak, he's strong. We allow him to make the turns at the right times in life. Learn of me, he says, and I will give you rest for your soul. Here's where we want to divert just a little bit. What is the rest? Brother Jeff, that's it. Learn of me. Lord, what do you want me? You need to learn that the rest is going to come with my relationship with you, not on the outside, but on the inside. Isaiah 28 and 12. They quote that. Remember what that says? It says, this is the rest wherewith you may cause the weary to rest. This is the refreshing. It says that with stammering lips and another tongue, God would speak to his people, and yet they didn't get it back then. Then we go into the book of Acts 3.19, Repent, therefore, be converted, that your sins may be blotted out, when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. The idea Jesus was teaching, he, he was laying the groundwork for more than just the idea and the principle of you and I learning and building that relationship. He was trying to get us to understand that the real fresh, the refreshing, the rest for the soul, it will come from no other source except the baptism of the Holy Ghost. That has always been the goal of God, not to be God around us or hovering around us, but to be him inside of us. Because once he gets inside of us, then the by in John 16 and John 14, it talks about that the Holy Ghost, the Comforter, will lead you and teach you in all things. So that that rest comes from the presence of God. It comes from the inside, though. It comes from the inside. That's where he wants to bring, that's really, that's where he does bring peace. That's where he brings joy. That's where the real resting of the soul. The soul is that innermost part that belongs to God. It's that part that separates us from all other life. God formed life, but the man he breathed into his nostrils, the Bible says, and he became a living soul. It's that part that God owns. And he said, 
that the times of refreshing come from the presence of God. John 14, 26, the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said to you. So not only, how many of you have ever witnessed to somebody and boom, scriptures pop into your brain that, that's the Holy Ghost. That is our guide. That is our that is our rest. When we are connect, we are connected in the New Testament church. We are connected with God through the Holy Ghost. And that's what brings rest to my soul. That's what brings, that's what leads me and guides me and brings clarity to the scriptures. If I want to be if I want to learn from Him, I've got to open my heart to the Scriptures, and I've got to be sensitive to the Holy Ghost inside of me. John 16, the Spirit of truth has come. He will guide you into all truth. Learn of Him. He says, take my yoke upon you. Be willing to submit your life into my care. Let me take the lead. Let me take the, the heavy load for you. I just want you to come alongside me and walk with me. Walk with me through the harvest field. Learn that I'm, that I'm meek, that I'm mild that I'm not there to try to jerk you and twist you and turn you and, you know, and make life hard for you. But learn of me and allow me to take the lead. And you're going to find that life is going to be a lot more manageable when we say, God, your will, not my will, your will be done. How many of you ever had the experience of of praying and then all of a sudden you just felt that release? You ever felt that? Been under a heavy load? Been under a heavy burden about something? And you prayed and you prayed and you prayed until God just took that from you, and you felt that rest and that peace inside of you. It's a wonderful thing. The world doesn't have it. They try to medicate themselves. That don't. That's a heavy load. That's a heavy load. Amen. All right. Why don't we stand? And uh, but remember. The, the the cross the cross is meant to that's God choose he chooses whatever your path is. I don't know what your cross is. I don't know what he's asking you to give up now or in the future. I don't know that. But what I do know is he simply says, take it up 
and follow me from a heart of love. Not because I'm forcing you, but pick it up willingly to follow me because of what I've done for you, because of my love for you. And the yoke, he's saying, here, it's mine. I'm giving it to you as a gift so that you can connect with me and that you can learn of who I am. Not a God with a big hammer in his hand. No, but a God that wants to take the lead in life and wants to take the heavy load and he's just asking you to trust him and try your best to allow him to guide your life. Anybody ever made a decision that probably was out of the will of God, right? You took a left-hand turn. He wanted you to take a right-hand turn. Yeah, boy, that'll, that'll get your attention. Amen. Praise God. That's, that's one of the, the challenges in our walk with God. Is it, Lord, I want to learn more from you. And the way that I do that, I've got to be sensitive because the Bible says that God is not a God of confusion. And the Holy Ghost as, is as a dove. He's gentle and he's meek. He doesn't force his will on anybody, but he draws us. He draws us. He doesn't yell and scream, but he, the Bible says he draws us to himself. Amen. Praise God. All right, we're going to pray and, and uh, be dismissed and. Praise God, going to ask Brother Mark, would you pray and dismiss us today? Oh, yeah. Oh.